Take two. Apple, if you're listening, you're fired. We're going to Samsung. Take two of the podcast. We delivered some gold last time, so hopefully we can repeat the dose. I mean, the answers are the same. I'm upset about it. But maybe we miss some of the classic banter between that people love to hear. But anyway, we've got some questions for you guys today that were asked via email, socials, people messages. Oh, I love the podcast. It's all I can listen to. Here's a question. I'm like, oh, no worries. We'll get to it if we can. We've got hundreds, but we've been <laughs> able to whittle it down to about five or six. And um, I've been in charge of actually saying the questions today and I did such a stellar job. Such a stellar job. And then a garage band decided to crap itself and we're down. So... We're back. We've swapped computers. I lost faith in my one, so we swapped to Dan's, which is more reliable. Might be a bit of a metaphor. But anyway. <laughs> All right. Question number one. Yes. Get into it. Eating the same amount, calories or volume. Is it more beneficial to have three bigger meals or five to six smaller meals, or does it not matter much? Go. Short answer, it doesn't matter much. Long answer, it doesn't matter that much. It's sort of it's one of those things where it's first and foremost personal preference, and that's really what you should keep in mind. Like what works for me, the science behind it and all that stuff doesn't mean anything if you can't adhere to it long term. So, I would say that first figure out what you prefer. If you prefer more frequent, smaller meals, roll with that optimize that as best you can if you prefer like we do larger meals but less of them it just i think it's more time efficient it's easier to prepare you're not lugging around food all the time that's our argument anyway then roll with that but it really does depend on you the person um what the science would say is that as long as your calories and your protein are in check to a certain degree and i'll explain why to a certain degree in a minute then it doesn't matter it's much of a muchness so first things first focus on your total intake and your protein and then you you know if you feel like you've got room to move there or if your um if your goals quite specifically like muscle gain then you can start to optimize based on that but for most of our guys it is um purely about just being healthy and well so total intake and protein worry about the rest after that um for the muscle gain there is some science that suggests that regular protein feedings is more beneficial um and it doesn't actually really suggest that it proves that so if you do have muscle gain as a goal you'd probably interested in eating some more regular meals but that's purely for like athletes and bodybuilders when you hear like, oh, my PT told me to eat like six times a day, like, well, yeah, I mean, that might have been the science at the time, but it's not anymore. So don't worry about it. And who wants to be carrying around a lunchbox? Not me. Well, not only, yeah, like, can you do it? Yeah, who's it practical for? Yeah. Not us. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah it, really do, it really does depend on you. So obviously what most people struggle with is their overall volume anyway. So like the average person just looking to be a little bit healthier, they struggle with just eating maybe not the best food and too much of it. Yep. So if we can just focus on getting that in check, so the volume first, hmm. um, and then obviously the quality of your food, 
and that including exactly what you said, Ben, the protein is probably the most important and yep. most lacking in most people, um, then you're pretty right. Then it comes yep. down to you. So yeah. what do you do? You know, what do you do for work? Are you on your feet all day? Do you have access to a fridge? Are you out on the road? Are you a tradie? Like, do you need to pack a lunchbox? Like, yeah. what's the go? If you um, have smoko every half an hour like a council worker or a tradie, then you might be able to do that. But for... You know, if we've got PTs all day, we we can't just be like, hold up, guys, 20 minutes, I've got to get my food in because it's more optimal. It's just not going to work. Yeah. So for us, we do find that three larger meals work better for us. And I just prefer that, to be honest. Yeah. I find that if I have smaller meals, I tend to want to eat more. Mm. Um, and we have noticed that with most people as well. Once you do get the right balance in your meal – then we notice people are snacking less. So do you actually need it or is it just a bit of a habit? Yeah. Um, that's probably more the question when it comes down to the multiple meals a day because that's our biggest – that's been probably one of the biggest takeaways with most of our guys, hasn't it? On the nutrition program. Yeah, we never tell yeah. people to stop snacking but it stops – They feel like they don't need it. Yeah, it stops happening once we get um, – More adequate meals. More adequate meals under their belt, yeah. yeah. It's also like I guess – when we kind of get into the minutia, I guess you could call this, of like healthy eating and nutrition, it's like you sort of need to just stop yourself and be like, does this actually matter for me? Like, is this something that I need to be worried about at this stage or are there more um, like, are there more basic aspects to nutrition that I should probably be focusing on? And the answer 10 times out of 10 will probably be that it's not something you necessarily need to worry about. I was about to say, I don't think there's one client in here that really needs to overly worry about um, the amount no. of meals they no, eat. No, no, no. And it's it's honestly yeah. like for what most people want to achieve, like 99% of the population, it's something that you'd never need to worry about. Yeah. So It's only something I'd focus on if I was looking to go into competition or something like that. Is that a precursor for post-pregnancy? <laughs> <laughs> Diet starts Monday for Danielle. So. Maybe, no. yeah, maybe when we're shredding for the wedding, we'll start this little smaller feedings. But actually, that is a good thing to touch on now. So one of the biggest kind of reasons that people think smaller, more frequent meals is better is because of the like, oh, it fires up your metabolism which we know is BS. It absolutely does not. One of the biggest myths along with actually a myth we were talking about before that curls do not in fact get the girls. Not head curls, bicep curls. All right, um, But it, it, yeah, not true. So if you think that um, like eating more frequent meals will help, you know, like I guess speed up your fat loss results, it won't. So that's something no, we can take off the table. It comes down to you and what you prefer. There are little things you can do. Um, like we were talking about our brunch on the weekend. Mm. We had a staff meeting and we went out for brunch. So we walked um, to brunch and home. And I said to Ben on the way home, I feel so much better going for a walk after I eat. Yep. And I often say as well, like I was always brought up to eat at the table. Like we never ate at, on the couch mm. or we never ate late and yep. went to bed. Like we always stayed upright. Yep you know, for a certain period of time before we went to bed. Whereas obviously that kind of stuff aids your digestion. So walking, B 
being upright, like not laying down. So, for example, shift workers that eat and go to bed sometimes find they feel a little bit like... Yeah. like a bit sluggish I think anyone would be able to relate to a time where they've eaten too much and then gone to bed and just lying there like feeling terrible yeah um, so yes. that, that all that all that little stuff is icing on the cake like yeah. you know four five meals instead of three mm. like that it's all little little things that no one needs to stress about cart before the horse sort yeah. of stuff yeah Exactly. Like, that makes me feel good, so I do it. So trust how you're feeling. Yeah. Like, do you feel better having three big meals or do Mm. you feel better having five? Just on that, like, you've sort of touched on the topic, I guess, of self-experimentation. If you want to give yourself, like, actual how does this make me feel, be be consistent for two or three weeks. Don't do it for one one day day. and be like, oh, I was more tired. It's like, well, that could have been anything. Like, you really need to... To see if something's working for you, like you need to kind of just head first straight into it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and if it's not working for you, it may not even be a health thing, it's a lifestyle thing and they're both as important as the other in regards to like long-term um, sustainability. Last point on this is that there's a lot of studies and science to suggest that eating less meals helps with your digestion as well, which I guess logically makes sense that it would give your you know stomach and everything a bit bit of a a breather yeah Yeah. so not just sleep as the only break but if you you know eating with four to five hours in between it gives your body enough of a chance to kind of just settle down and come back to baseline before you feed it again thank you next question number two your ideas on the top most beneficial fitness areas to work on or build up to if planning a pregnancy okay so pregnancy pre-season um this basically speaks to getting yourself in as healthy and internal environment as possible so less about the external like it's not a time where, you know, and this really depends on the person as well, but we're keeping health at front of mind, especially for ladies as like as front of mind as possible. So that means that before you, I guess, undertake a new program or a new um, nutrition protocol or anything that you're thinking of introducing, like just ask yourself, like, is this healthy? So probably doing HIIT training, four to five times a week we might think against it sorry to the hit fans but it's just like it's it basically comes down to your your hormones um and managing stress really when we are too stressed we're probably like it's not a a really um it's not an optimal state to be in no it's not yeah it's not you're not going to be at your most fertile which basically is your body's signal that like you're comfortable, you're well. So keep that front of mind. Um, in regards to fitness and strength, you're the expert here, Dan. Like, What's something that you should, that you should be doing to kind of help either get yourself ready or um, even to kind of prepare you for post? Yeah, sure. So the first thing I'd say is don't worry about what anyone else is doing. Yes. <laughs> don't worry what anyone else did when they were pregnant. Don't worry what they were capable of when they were pregnant. How are you going to be? So 
for example, have you never exercised in your life? You're planning to get pregnant, but you just want to be a little bit fitter and healthier and you feel like that would help you. Um, and sure, it would. It definitely would. So, but what you don't want to do is go from doing nothing to... All the things. Yeah, to absolutely everything you see on Instagram. Okay, so you might start with, okay, I'm doing nothing. I'm a couch potato. I want to start going for a 30-minute walk three times a week. Yeah. Perfect improvement. Which comes back to the stress argument as well. Is like if you were to go from zero to 100, that would put your body in probably like overload stress management. It's not like health-wise in the long term, yeah, joining a gym is great. In regards to being more fertile, probably not initially, at least anyway. You know, like it might take you some time to actually adapt to that, which might not be what you exactly want at this stage. Yeah, well, maybe after you've gotten your three walks a week and you're feeling great and you feel like you could add something extra, then maybe... A strength session. A strength session. Try a personal training session if if you've never been into a gym before. Having a coach would really help. Um, You know, if you're someone that's reasonably well-trained. So, for example, this person I know... Three times a week consistently. A pretty consistent trainer. A year, two years. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing. Like, can Mm. you add an extra session? Will that benefit you or will that make you feel worse? Will that make you feel more overwhelmed or will that make you feel better? Yeah. Like, it really is what's just going to work for you to optimize your health. Yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. So obviously, we're looking just for a little bit of improvement because you want to be able to maintain whatever you're doing while you are pregnant. And when I say maintain, I don't mean like you should be lifting the same weights or, you know, but you should be able to maintain a reasonable level of consistency um, if you are well. Yes. Okay. So you don't want to go all out and then fall pregnant and do nothing. Yeah. Okay. Unless your health calls for that to be done. And in saying that, like I've had three pregnancies now and they've all been very, very different. Yep. Okay. So having not having expectations in your head about how it should go so there's so we've got our pre we've got while we're pregnant and then post and one thing i can definitely say a hundred percent is true is the fitter you are the easier your recovery is my recovery with mia was so much easier than it was for william yeah um, and I'd say I've always been reasonably fit and healthy. It's not like but it's, I went from one extreme yeah, to the other. It was a different type of training that you were doing. Yeah. So we do want to be like in a reasonable um, position, mm. I guess, to be able to execute everything it is that we want to do after we have our baby as well. Yeah. So again, not rushing to get back into anything, but I just yeah. want to be able to look after my baby and go for a walk. Yep. So, yeah, just not having crazy wild expectations and getting carried away with what you see on Mm. the gram, I'd say, is the most important thing. Or with people you've trained with as well. You know, we've got a vast array of mums who train with us and they've all had a different experience. You know, some people have come back, no problem. Other people have come back via personal training. We've had, you know, we've had cesareans, natural births, like, but if done properly over the course of 12 months like it it all kind of evens out so yeah it's it's a completely unique experience as you said and it just needs to be taken like one step at a time just try not to get ahead of yourself i agree 
this is kind of continuing our next question is continuing on from that so it's asking for technique or form to be aware of if you need to train running while pushing a pram so we often can't use our arms and how do you compensate or maintain form in a safe way that doesn't hurt your back or other bits what would be the best height or position for the handle for ergonomics um let's start with the height of the handles is you want something that would allow you to be in a good posture so like a good strong upright position where your traps aren't around your ears and you can just like keep a nice high chest and maintain your breathing yeah so think about like your torso position of running normally yeah you need your hands at a level that you can maintain a good torso position um the other part of this question that i want to get into is to be aware of if you need to train running while pushing a pram like do you need to train running whilst pushing a pram like ideally probably not like it's not something that it like especially because you know if we think about our kids in prams they're what you know zero one two years old max like it's just it's going to be a pretty like running at the best of times is pretty rough on your body like especially as an adult if you haven't done it in a while it can take its toll like sore joints sore lower backs like it's something that needs to be gradually introduced you know we're not 30 kilo 10 year olds anymore and you're just like an elastic band you can rebound from anything but as a full-grown adult who hasn't probably done much running in the past like it takes it takes a toll on you know like how you can come back or feel good like it all depends on where you're currently at and that's not even taking into account the extra consideration after having a baby so you've got a compromised pelvic floor and also your abdominal a lot of people have abdominal separation yeah which then puts a lot of pressure puts on your a lower lot of back pressure on your back we've had so many people come back and have like chronic back issues mm. just wanting to go a little bit too hard too early mm. um so, yeah, like all that needs to be taken into consideration. Yep. Like is the run actually worth that? Yeah. Or, you know, can you go for a run when your partner gets home for 20 minutes, go down to the oval, you know, on the grass, like build yeah. up? Yeah. Um, well, you know, with s- some nice intervals, you know, like 100 metres on, 100 metres off or a minute on, a minute off. You know, like that would be ideal to get back into strength training, but it's also – one of those things where like it's probably not going to be practical to push a pram on the grass so there's certain sacrifices that probably need to be made there but i think all things being considered it's just not something that we would be looking to introduce unless we had a really strong background in it yeah i would agree and i've never with any of my children i haven't really had an urge to want to push them in a pram like to run with them i mm. guess like i've always no, like if, yeah if i did want to go for a run i'd prefer to go for a run and kind of zone out by myself yeah um rather than yeah be pushing a pram at i that would time. say that we're both pretty comfortable runners running with the pram is way harder so if it's harder for us you know and i did the mother's day classic the 4k it was hard with the pram like imagine how much harder it would have been if my you know if i'm recovering from childbirth brutal like i probably would hurt myself yeah anyway 
our recommendation would be err on the side of not doing it but if you have to just be really really careful yeah agree and the next question for the day is how to eat healthy and vego well first things first it's entirely possible it's just not as easy so anytime you take away i guess a significant food group like meat for a vegetarian it just becomes a little bit more challenging to make sure that you're not missing out on any like vital nutrients or macronutrients i mean like vitamins and everything like that so basically the chat with vegos and vegans sort of always comes back down to protein like that's always the topic of discussion is can i get enough protein cutting meat or animal products out of my diet the answer is yes but it's just harder it just means that you'll be um, eating a lot more of the same stuff which is fine because most of us tend to eat the same you know five or six meals pretty much on rotation anyway but it certainly does limit your options and it probably makes your nutrition potentially a little bit more boring as well I'm sure there are vegetarians listening to this being like, oh, you know, how dare you? But that's just my opinion as well. I don't love vegetarian foods. Like I get pretty bored pretty quickly, but health-wise, it's definitely doable, but just be under no illusions that it's a lot more difficult. That's all. Yeah. I think, yeah, because you're not very experimental with foods. No, I'm pretty military. Yeah, like, for example, when you have your veggies, they're either roasted or steamed or, like, you don't do much with them. No, not a whole lot of sautéing or... Yeah. Yeah. F- Flavours. You just... Nah, just eat you it. You eat your veggies because you know you have to. Yep. And that's okay. That's fine. Whereas vegetarians tend to be a little bit more creative, which um, makes yeah. their meals delicious, which For I sure. love. But, oh. And I also don't love a lot of staples in a good vegetarian diet, either like stews, soups, that sort of stuff doesn't really tickle my fancy. Yeah. So I typically avoid it anyway. So anyway, this is not about me and how I feel about the vegetarian diet. It's about it, it's about just knowing that you are going to struggle to get the right amount of protein in. Um, you were making a really good point about food volume and like the amount of protein in vegetarian options not necessarily being as efficient yeah, as animal de- options. Yeah, definitely not. So protein is probably the biggest thing we see um, with our clients that are on vegetarian diets that they struggle a lot more so you need to have a lot more in terms of volume than of tofu let's say compared to the equivalent amount of meat yeah you just don't get as much bang for your buck so the vegetarian options that contain protein contain less protein Yes, and they also contain carbs as well, which means you have to be mindful of your overall energy intake so that to hit the amount of protein that you need to be healthy, fit and strong, you're not blowing your total calories either. So yeah. there's just like, honestly, you just hold it, like you just have to be a lot more dialed in than maybe normal people, normal people, maybe the people on a normal diet would kind of have to, which... Yeah. Yeah, which it can be harder. It can be an added stress, or if you're really into it, like it can be, you know, interesting just, and something that you monitor as yeah, well. Yeah, people sometimes people really enjoy that side of it. Or they enjoy the challenge, you know, and they like watching the changes on their body. But I mean, we've heard 
different, um, you know, like anecdotal takes on, you know, I feel great, I feel sluggish, like it, it really depends on the person. Like it is possible to eat healthily on a vegetarian or a vegan diet, but like how are you going to feel? You know, like, how are you responding? Just because you read an article where Karen's head, she feels amazing, doesn't mean that you're going to. So you need to pay attention to that as well. Like, don't just, um, you know, follow the plan because it's supposed to be good. Yeah. You follow the plan because it's making you feel good. Yeah. And one, one thing also I think worth mentioning is if you are following a certain diet for ethical reasons... Um, you do not want your health to suffer. So just making sure that you dot all your I's and cross your T's, like get your bloods done. Yeah. Like you don't want to be iron deficient because then that causes other issues. Oh, yeah. Um, iron's huge for so many um, vegetarians and the protein as well. Like supplement if you need to. If you can't get you enough. You probably will need to. Yeah, through your food. Like yep. take, take a powder. Like yep. the protein requirement your body needs needs to be fulfilled. Yep. No matter what diet you're on. No matter what diet. Yeah. Okay, and final one for the day. I'm finding when I actually get it together and go for a run, I'm having a lot of muscle fatigue from the strength training. So I guess how to work through that and not be as tired? I'm assuming that would be the question. Yeah. Yeah, so pretty much you just have to kind of – Think of it like this. When you started at the gym, you were sore. Like your legs hurt, arms hurt, like everything was sore for probably two, three weeks maybe. And then you start to get into the groove and it feels okay again as long as you're consistent. Like the more you do it, the faster your response to it is. Same with the running. So like that's your new baseline is I train three times a week um, and now I'm adding runs on top of that like it might there there might be a little period of adjustment there where it's like your energy expenditure's gone way up and your body needs time to adapt a couple of other considerations is your recovery and that would be like your sleep and nutrition so you've added in something into your week that is a significant energy like out um you need to make sure that you're uh, uh, that you're like calculate um allowing for that with your nutrition like are you having extra protein extra carbs on that day like are you making sure that you're giving your body the resources that it needs to recover because i think a lot of times we just don't change that and then we're like, God, I'm flat all the time or I'm tired, I'm sore. Like you need to make sure that you, your energy in is matching your energy out. Yeah, it needs to complement what you're doing. That's why we often say like when we see couples who always eat the same, pack the same lunch, <laughs> have the same dinner, have the same portion sizes, it's like oh, that's a but topic one's a tradie and one sits at a desk for eight hours. It's like that is a huge difference Even in your energy Even people who live out. together. So, you know, like we've got um, nutrition clients at the moment who live together but drastically different lifestyles. And, yeah. you know, the challenges with them that they need to know that they can't eat the same. Yeah, you, you don't know. serve yeah. up the same plate for yeah. the two people. 100%. So just be aware of that. Um, I would say to give it some time um, if you're still, you know, six weeks in and you're like god this is not you know this is not any easier then you probably would need to look at potentially lessening 
the intensity of your strength sessions um, and making sure that you've got some energy left over for those runs, but also understanding the context of like the actual sessions. Like, are you running on top of the strength sessions for general well-being, or are you running on top of the strength sessions because you have a 10k half marathon, whatever it is in mind that you're training? For like what's most important at this stage? I was about to say that context. So the context of the run. So this person, please chat to us. What's the purpose of your run? Like are you adding it in to, you know, complement the training you're doing here? Which it um, definitely will. So on top of your three sessions, you know, you could be using it as a recovery run. Yeah. Or when you're running, are you thinking about your times? Are you thinking about your pace? Are you thinking about your distance? Do you still have a run goal? Because that's very different. Because if you're using it as a recovery session from this and to um, complement what you do here, you probably don't want to be really worried about your times and that kind of thing. Whereas if you do have a specific goal um, for the run, then that's obviously very different and maybe you need to adapt what you do here. Yeah, always. Um, so, yeah, it really does matter why. Yeah, but um, as it sits right now, I would just try and eat a little bit more on the days that you're running. That yeah, would be definitely. the go-to. Just up your protein and carbohydrate intake on the days you run and then see how you feel after that. Just make sure that you're giving your body what it needs to effectively deal with the extra energy yeah. expenditure. Also, if you're really sore from the session, so if you did a session on Wednesday, let's say, and you're really sore on Thursday, maybe don't go for a run Thursday. Maybe go for a run Saturday instead. Yeah. And again, that completely depends on, you know, like scheduling and everything. If that's the yeah. only time you can do it, it's the only time you can do it. But if you've got a little bit more flexibility there, use it for yeah. sure. Um, is that it for our questions? Yeah, that's the wrap. All right. So um, I'm not sure. Oh, we might do a podcast next week. We'll see how you're feeling. Jeez, hard. <laughs> Is it, well, I thought you might want a little you know, <gasps> half an hour just to touch oh, base with the millions. Goodness me. All right. Well, um, if you have any questions or any topics that you'd like us to discuss, just always flick them through. I keep a notepad, so hopefully we don't miss any of them. Um, hope you enjoy the episode and we'll catch you next time. Bye.